Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I'm Ken Levine, your podcast host. This week, I'm going to do another commentary track. I've done this a couple of times before, and you guys seem to like it, so I'm going to do it again. This is where I take an episode that David Isaacs and I wrote, and I go through it as if it were a regular commentary track. Now, you may or may not be watching the episode as you're listening to this. Hopefully, I'm going to keep it entertaining enough and I'll be descriptive enough that even if you're not watching, you'll still be able to follow along and at least pick up some of the nuggets. And the way this works, because I've done this a couple of times with Simpsons episodes that we've written, is... They just get you in a room, they screen the episode, they record your commentary. When the episode is over, you're done, you go off to lunch. It's not like uh, you can spend a whole day going through this. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start it and finish it, and there'll be no edits, no cuts, no nothing. Again, if you do want to follow along by watching, then this is Cheers, Season 1, Episode 6, called Any Friend of Diane's. And if you have Netflix, if you have CBS All Access, if you have the DVDs, there are plenty of ways to go about actually getting a copy of this yourself. And it is kind of more fun if, in fact, you can watch along. But like I said, you don't have to. Okay, so here's how it's going to work. I am going to count down from three, figuring that at some point, if in fact you do want to scramble and find the episode, that you're just going to pause the podcast like right here. And then you're going to come back and set it up right at the beginning. I'm going to count down from three. And then we'll hit play together and see what develops. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go. This is a Carla teaser. Great first shot from the pool room to the front door. Jim Burroughs, of course, directed the episode. And especially that first year, a lot of really cool shots to establish the bar. This is a Carla teaser because she's kind of light in the episode. In this particular case, uh, her kids are acting up. She's on the phone. Does a very nice job, does Rhea Perlman, of handling a one-sided phone conversation. Those are not easy to do. It is also the first time where she mentions the name of her daughter, Serafina, And we ultimately get a chance to use Serafina later on in the series. And Leah Remini, a very young Leah Remini, will play her. Now, the bit is that Carla's kids are acting 
obnoxious and she grabs a phone book and tells them that they're adopted and points to somebody at random and says that's their mother. Well, we took a raft of shit for that. There is some adoption agency, uh, Edna Gladney agency or something, and uh, they were outraged. Grant Tinker, the chairman of NBC, called us about this. Anyway, we uh, sent her a note of apology, but they didn't take that particular bit out of the show when they reran it, and it has since rerun probably a thousand times and we have never heard any complaints but that very first time boy did we take shit now we have the opening titles done by castle and bryant and uh i bemoan the fact that there are no more opening titles and opening title theme songs but uh, cheers had one of the best As the opening titles end, the best part of the show begins, and that, of course, is my credit over the exterior of Cheers. She got my producer credit, and then my writing credit. They're not on the screen long enough. And so we begin. Sam Malone is wearing a green Nike long-sleeve shirt. He wore a bunch of those that first season. And I'm the same size, and I stole several of them. The show begins with Diane talking about uh, her date. And, of course, Sam has to take some shots at her. And then he's going to talk about his date. They're always trying to one-up each other. It's always uh, a struggle for power. And uh, Diane, of course, takes shots at the fact that Sam is dating bimbos. And... Sam, of course, doesn't believe that she's dating anybody. So uh, they have this little interchange, and we're setting up Sam and Diane, and there's a whole bit about sailing, which comes into play. Carla says after seeing ordinary people, she's trying to get her kids interested in it, which is really a crude joke. I can't believe that we wrote that joke and that it stayed in. Now you have Norm coming in with the Norm entrance, which is something that we did from really the very first episode. But in these early episodes, they didn't really work that well because the audience didn't know it was a running bit. Norm at this point is setting up a bit. And what we do a lot in this show is set up comic situations that will eventually pay off. And in this case, Norm's boss is coming and they're just going to have, you know, a nice uh, get together, but he doesn't want the boss to think that he's uh, a big drinker. So he's saying, don't tell anybody that I normally come here. And now in comes Rebecca Prout, And this played by Julia Duffy, and she is Diane's longtime college friend. Julia Duffy was one of the finalists for the part of Diane. It was her and Fred Dreyer. They were the two that were paired up together. 
and uh, we use her, and we also used Fred Dreyer in a number of episodes. Personally, I think Fred Dreyer is just a lox, and I always hated the episodes that he was in. We even had to write one, and it was just really tough for me because I just think he is an enemy of comedy. But Julia Duffy, of course, went on to be in New Heart and Shameless and Designing Women. Now, uh, Diane comes down and sees her, and it's, again, early in the series, so Diane does not want her to know that she works at a bar. I love how she just takes her apron and throws it at a table, and the two meet. Again, uh, Diane does not want her to know that she is a lowly barmaid. And so we have some fun here where she's trying to uh, signal to Carla that she's a customer. And, of course, Carla will have nothing of it. And Shelley does this weird thing where she's trying to wink. And it's very funny. And it was funny enough that in future episodes we gave her a facial tick because – it really kind of worked, and so those are the kind of things where you learn what the actors can do, and then you build upon it. So in the episode, uh, the story is that uh, the Rebecca character, and again, this is Rebecca for this episode as opposed to Rebecca Howe, but uh, her boyfriend dumped her, and she wants a rebound relationship. Now, we cut away and go to Norman Cliff, and this is something that we did a lot on Cheers, especially the first season, where we would have uh, bar talk, where we would take just a few minutes to go completely off a story and have the guys talk about something. You know, the uh, sweatiest movie or the dumbest barnyard animals. In this case, it's Norman Cliff each talking about how great their jobs are. And considering their jobs as an accountant and a mailman are sort of mundane, then uh, it's kind of funny to hear these guys, you know, talk with such great reverence, you know, as to how this job gives them purpose in their life. One thing about uh, Ratzenberger, you'll notice in the early episodes, he had a much thicker Boston accent. We kind of dialed back on that as the uh, series unfolded. We go back to Diane and Rebecca, and uh, she breaks down and is is kind of crying. Great line here where she says, you could always see through my charade of uh, gaiety or something like that. She's crying. Uh, <laughs> I always love that particular line. And so now we start to find out some of the story aspect that uh, her boyfriend left her. One thing, if you're watching the episode, you notice how in terms of the wardrobe, both Diane and uh, Rebecca are very prim. They have these blouses with very high collars. Uh, they, (laughs) They definitely are, you know, kind of upper crust New England ladies. And, um, you know, we tried our best to sort of sell characters any way we can, including the wardrobe. Ah, now we get to 
the Russian poem, Karishnikov's Another Christmas of Agony. David and I knew that there's a lot of Russian poetry that's really dreary. So we wrote this horrible (laughs) Russian poem, and it played great, but we really have Jim Burroughs to thank because Glenn and Les Charles, when they read our draft, didn't really get what was funny about it, and um, thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy said, no, no, this is great. Leave this, leave this, this will work. And people have actually gone to libraries and have looked this up. People think that it's actually legit, and they're looking for more poetry by Karishnikov. Again, it was just a, a complete fabrication on our part. So the story continues, and now we see that Rebecca wants a rebound guy, but this time she wants somebody who is just, and I I love this expression we came up with, peasant stock. She wants somebody who's really kind of ordinary and thick. Basically, we're setting it up for her to want Sam. Now, the coach at this point needs Diane to go upstairs. Again, we're doing everything we can to set up comic situations, and so characters have to be in and characters have to be out at the right time. So Rebecca has said what she wants, a guy with one-word syllables, a guy with hairy arms, and out comes Sam, and he's opening a bottle of wine and goes, damn, and she stands up and... She sees the arms, and again, this is exactly what she's looking for. And she approaches the bar and has a brief exchange with Sam. And this was still the Sam Malone who was suave and smooth and had street smarts. And later on, he became dumber and dumber, but I really preferred this early Sam. Okay, Diane comes back, sees the two of them together. Uh, You know she's jealous, but she doesn't want to admit it. And again, here, she I say again a lot. I should stop doing that. But Rebecca says she's interested in Sam, and she's going the gay guy with the war wound. Clearly, she's trying to uh, dissuade her from going out with Sam. These two characters at this point in the series cannot admit their attraction to one another. So here we set up another comic situation where Diane says to Sam that she's going through a really tough situation. Whatever you do, say no. And then she peels off and uh, now Rebecca has her exchange with Sam. Diane is standing behind her, waving no, no. And the way she constructs the question, Rebecca, the answer to would you like to go out, you know, would you object to going out for an exciting evening uh, on the town with me is no. And that got one of the biggest laughs of the show. And it's great. Again, you don't have to write jokes If you write good comic situations, one of the big laughs of the episode was no. So that's the end of the first act. 
And we go back to the bar, and it is now a couple of hours later, which we establish with Carla saying it's two hours and needling Diane. And, you know, Carla's role in this particular episode is pretty much to just swing in on a rope, deliver a one-liner, and then move off. She's very good at that, but uh, not a great use of her. So Norm comes in, and immediately the coach almost blows his cover by going, Norm, no, 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 and, and so Norm comes in with his boss, played by Malcolm McCowan, and the name that we gave him is Daryl Stabell. And Daryl Stabell was my first boss. My first job was at Wallach's Music City, a record store in the Topanga Plaza in the San Fernando Valley. And the first guy who ever hired me was named Daryl Stabell. So now Norm sets up another comic situation where he says to the coach, you know, whatever I say, just give me one beer. You know, Norm is a functioning alcoholic (laughs) in this episode. And what does he do? He just downs the beer in one shot. And a great cutaway to, to Stabell, who's just looking at him. So Sam now returns after his afternoon with Rebecca. And Diane is frustrated, obviously. And look, one of the keys to comedy is putting your characters in frustrating situations, okay? Diane wants Sam, can't tell him. Norm wants beer, can't have it. That's how you get some comedy. So you go back to Norm and Daryl Stabell as Diane goes into the office, and Norm is is just trying to get the last drop. <laughs> That's a great joke. You can thank Jim Burroughs for that. Now you go to the office, and uh, Diane, who was mad at Sam for going off to sleep with her friend, is now mad at him uh, again and basically is reading him the riot act. And, you know, Sam, he's lying on the couch. He doesn't give a shit. In fact, he's actually having some fun with it. Like I said, which is another way of saying again, like I said, it is all about the power position for these two people, that each one always wants to have the upper hand. And at the moment, it is Sam, as he is very laid back as Diane is spinning and furious and getting out of control. And finally, Sam reveals that nothing happened. And we find out why, because Rebecca was way too much like Diane, actually, but even more so that he found her very creepy. And so now Diane is is actually very happy about that. And one of the things that we tried to do early on in the series is to have uh, Diane sort of take it upon herself, kind of her mission to uh, elevate Sam Malone, to make him a more enlightened human being. And so in this case, when Sam says 
he didn't sleep with her friend, Diane takes that to mean, well, maybe he has a conscience. Maybe he did the right thing. So all of a sudden, she's very proud of him. But in the back of her mind, she's really proud of herself because she feels that it was her influence that allowed this brute, this Visigoth, to actually have a conscience. And Sam won't give her that satisfaction. You know, he says, yeah, maybe you're right. I'm not going to look at a woman as a sex object again. And then he kind of gives her the once over. This is something that uh, would probably cause problems with HR today in the Me Too generation. Back out to the bar and we see Norm is very frustrated. Carla goes by with beers. It drives him crazy. Mr. Stabell is holding a beer up to his nose. It's driving him crazy. All of his references in answering questions are sort of beer-related. You know, go for the gusto and that sort of thing. So now Mr. Stabell says, okay, he's going to loosen up. He wants one more. Now, Norm gets up and kisses him on the forehead. I would like to say that that was in the script, but it was not. I think that was a bit of Jimmy business. So Norm goes up to the bar, and remember we had set up where he said, uh, whatever I say, just one more. And he says, uh, I can't give you one. He says, all right, one more for him. He'll have a pitcher. So in comes Rebecca now, and we find out her side of the story with Sam. And we find that Sam basically jumped out a window. That's how he got out of there. Now, Sam never mentioned that when he was describing it to Diane. And so now her friend feels even more humiliated and more rejected than ever. And she feels she's no longer attractive and men hate her, et cetera, et cetera. And so now Diane is going to take a different attitude. She's, she's comforting and she's going to go back to Sam and she's going to be mad at him again. At the moment, they're still doing that scene and Diane now crosses away and we go back to Norm and Daryl Stabell and Daryl Stabell is kind of loosening up now. You go back to the office and there are a lot of key scenes that took place in Sam's office. And uh, so now Diane is mad at him again. And uh, by the way, the, the set, the way it was constructed to get to Sam's office, the bar split in half and you would wheel the right half of the bar away, and then that wall on the left would come out, and that would reveal Sam's office. Okay, so now Diane says, we have to do something. We have to somehow reassure her that, you know, it's not her fault. And so we need an excuse. Basically, what we are doing is trying to set up a situation for the first time in the series where we see Sam and Diane as a quote unquote couple. That's really the money of our series. So she calls for her and there's a Daryl Stabell line 
which it's fun to get a laugh just hearing the voice. And it also covers the cross so that when she asks for Rebecca, Rebecca isn't just right there at the door. So now she comes into the office and um, Sam is trying to explain it away. And the first thing he says is he thought there was a fire. Like uh, a lame excuse, although it got a big laugh from the audience. And uh, then saying, well, he's seeing somebody else. And uh, Rebecca doesn't believe that. She thinks she's just making excuses. And so now we set that up. And Diane says, no, no, he is seeing somebody, me, that we're in a relationship. And this is certainly news to uh, Sam. And uh, this is, again, what the whole episode was building to, was that Sam and Diane are perceived as a couple. But they can't allow themselves to say nice things about each other. So basically what they're saying is seemingly a compliment, but basically a dig where, you know, I like somebody thick and ordinary, that kind of thing. And uh, and they're really having fun doing it. The power is going to switch up and down from one to the other, depending upon the line. And one of my favorite bits right now is when Sam says, uh, yeah, you know, I love how you can do those little things for me. Um, You know, uh, why don't you tie my shoe, tie my shoesy woozy? And that, too, got a huge laugh from the audience. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, But at this point, Sam is (laughs) going to do this. And it's actually one of my favorite Sam and Diane scenes. And now he raises his leg and has Diane tie his shoe. But again, neither one is going to get the upper hand for very long (laughs) because Diane now ties his shoe and almost cuts off circulation to his foot. There are no jokes in this scene. There are no setup and jokes. It's all just attitude and character. One of my favorite moments coming up now. Okay, so Rebecca is convinced and feels that the two of them really have great chemistry and it's it's a wonderful relationship and so she leaves and now Shelly swings and they get into a wrestling match here great physical comedy they really went for it and in comes Rebecca again and they're on the couch and she mistakes their hostility for uh, for passion and says uh, you know I want something like this for me someday and they say yes uh, you you will you will she leaves and 
there's like a great last scene of of Ted smiling at Shelley, and uh, and that is the episode. Uh, it's any friend of Diane's, and there became a a song by Weezer called "Any Friend of Diane's," and that was basically inspired by the. Uh, the episode, although the song itself is like really dark and deals with death and everything. So I don't know exactly why they used any friend of Diane's, uh, but they did. So that's kind of, you know, uh, if if anyone asks how I am associated even six degrees of separation with the group Weezer, now you have the answer. And that is any friend of Diane's. Uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, again, did you like the commentary tracks? Because I try to do them about once every six months. If you do, let me know. Uh, you can always email me at hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That's hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ken Levine. You can subscribe to this podcast. I know there's a bunch of new people who are just finding the podcast. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, please subscribe. And, uh, oh, you can follow me on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. And if you are a theater looking for some great comedies, whether they be short plays or full length, well, you just go to my website, KenLevinePlays.com, and you can buy or license any of my plays. Okay? Hey, Come on, that's a pretty short commercial in a half-hour podcast. So that'll do it. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.